Um, I mentioned at the beginning that um, going slightly rogue this evening with a little bit of a different, um, a different kind of um, style of service, I'm just going to take a little bit of time to share a little bit of my testimony with you guys, a little bit of my story, where I've come from, um, and in hopes that it um, yeah, can speak to you also, maybe find you in a place that resonates with what you've either gone through or what you're going through, and give Jesus the space to... Um, yeah, unlock some freedom tonight. I really feel expectant of that and really hope that that can happen. Um, and then after, I'm going to be very brief. I'll be about five minutes and then Matt's going to come um, and share the rest with us. So, um, yeah, we're, we're continuing our um, series, Grand Designs, which is talking about the identity that we have in Christ. Um, and, it's, and today we're talking about citizen, which is basically what it means to be a citizen of God, a citizen of heaven. Um, but what does that even mean? Like, what does that actually mean for us in our lives right now? And in kind of uh, maybe a more simple term, it basically means about um, the culture of the kingdom of heaven and then the culture that we're in now in this world that we experience here and now, day to day. Um, but how does it like, how is it relevant to us? How does it actually impact our lives talking about being a citizen of heaven? So we're going to be looking at Philippians um, chapter 3, um, verse 7. And Paul, right, when he's writing this, is having a total moment, okay? Paul is um, going on quite an intense journey, right, where he is starting to recognize that the things in this world that once propped him up, right, propped up his self-esteem, the things that fed his ego, the things that gave him a false sense of security, by meeting Jesus, they became nothing to him right? He says uh, in verse 7, but whatever, ga- whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He had a total uh, spiritual transformation. And now um, he says that this stuff is like rubbish to him, okay? He makes it that clear that the stuff is rubbish to him. And so how is this relevant? What does it mean for us and our lives now? And I'm going to give it to you guys straight, right? There is an ongoing and very intense and ruthless battle for the heart of a human, right? An ongoing, intense and ruthless battle for the heart of human over our identity, over the worth that we try to find based on our appearance, over success, over wealth, over the comparison, the trap that we can find ourselves in with comparison, and over the opinions of others, how much they deeply wound us and how much they deeply have power of us. I mean, I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying. Like, does, I'm wondering if any of those things I've just mentioned resonates with you. Any of those things hold like a power over you um, that you find you struggle facing in your life. And so little bit of my story. So um, 12 years ago, um, feels like a lifetime ago now, um, I, was, I was working and living in a place um, that had a really toxic culture. It was a culture that was really deeply ingrained into that kind of um, environment that I was in. And it was then really deeply engraved in me um, whilst I was there. And I experienced uh, quite intense levels of spiritual and emotional abuse for years um, by the hands of a group of people that I really trusted. Um, I was a shell of a person. I was totally a shell of a person um, to who I knew God um, had me to be. And I felt like I was doing everything right. But in reality, I was because of the culture I was in, 
I was feeding off people's opinions. Like I was desperate for it. I was desperate for what people thought of me. Seeking validation and seeking affirmation um, for, for, for any opportunity that they would give it to me. And the truth is, is I knew God. Right? I knew him so well. I was so close to him. I've always known him. Um, I wasn't far, but the attention and the validation um, from those around me was such a uh, desperate seeking for affirmation that I needed at that time. And so I arrived at Woodlands about seven years ago, um, and I was... Uh, I was a bit of a pain, if I'm honest. I was really sensitive. Um, I, had, I had a lot of grace given to me at that time. I would describe myself like a bit of a prickly cactus. It was like if you, if you poked wrong, it was, it was trouble, right? And I, I, was, I was really defensive. I was very sensitive. Um, I second-guessed everything that I did. And I was utterly insecure, right? I had come from such a toxic culture that I landed here, and I was a mess. I was such a mess. And the good news is that over the last seven years, I've gone on a huge journey. I'm not saying I'm there by any means, but I've gone on such a huge journey. And Jesus has done so much in my life, so much healing in my life. And I found genuine, true joy, satisfaction, and peace because of Jesus, right? And I can say now that I genuinely love my life. I probably wouldn't have said that 12 years ago. Um, I, was riddled, I was riddled with fear. I was looking for things in all the wrong places. But like I said, like, this, this is an ongoing battle. This isn't a, we go on a journey and we land. This is an ongoing thing. And just to be a bit, um, a bit transparent with you all, right, I thought I'd gone on this great journey. Um, and a while ago, um, I saw someone who um, was a very significant person from this kind of old life I talk about, a really significant person. Um, and I instantly felt like I was 18-year-old Joe again, stood in front of this person. And it was so weird. I found myself desperately hoping that they would ask me what I was up to these days. Because everything in me wanted them to know that in the eyes of the world, I was great. I was doing really, really well, and I was happily married. I've bought a house. I work for a wonderful church. I lead worship often. Like, I needed them to know that my life in the eyes of the world was successful. And I craved it in that moment, like, deeply craved it from this person. And as I walked away, I remember feeling like, oh, I remember feeling. If I'm honest, I actually felt terrible. I walked away super emotional. I remember phoning my mum, because we all like to phone our mums, don't we? Um, I phoned my mum, and I was like... I was a right mess, and I just felt like terrible. I was so uneasy. I was so unsettled. And all these questions going around in my mind of like, what is the matter? Why am I feeling like this? Like, what is going on inside me that suddenly is creating this unsettled feeling, Lord? Like, what's going on? And then I realized that it felt like a shadow from my old life had crept in on me in that moment. And I felt like I had flown back 12 years to a very, very different, in, insecure and broken version of myself that just desperately needed validation from this person. I realized that where over these last few years I had shifted my attention and dependence on God, suddenly this person stood in front of me mattered more to me. I needed them to know that I was successful or in the eyes of the world. I realized that where Jesus had become my need... I suddenly was needing from this person. And then God reminded me, just really gently and kindly like he does, that on this healing journey, I have truly tasted, I have truly tasted the freedom 
that we're talking about, right? That Paul's talking about. I have genuinely, I can stand here wholeheartedly and say, I have tasted that kind of freedom. But in that moment with this person from my past, I was thrown back and was tasting almost like the poison of comparison and insecurity and fear that I, had, that I, that I was all those years ago, right? And God reminded me that I need to remain so wholeheartedly on this journey to freedom. And everything in me in that moment was like, I'm staying, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm all in to you because I can't keep tasting that. It tastes horrible. But I've truly tasted the goodness and the freedom of Jesus, right? Paul says in verse 12, not that I have already attained this, but I press on. Amen? Come on. Our culture today lies to us. It lies to us about what gives us security, safety, and comfort. And we humans put so much weight on it, don't we? Because we ourselves are deeply insecure, and we cling on to anything that will steady us. We are scared, but we don't want to always admit that we're scared. I was scared. Even when I met that person recently, I, I was scared, right? All of those things came back up for me. So I'm going to finish with saying this. I needed the satisfaction of what that person um, in my life could give me in that moment. But really, it was a fleeting feast for my heart that was gone in a second. I'll say that again. It was a fleeting feast for my heart, and it was gone in a second, right? It was gone in an instant. But Jesus is actually forever. Seriously, he's lasting. He's completely everything and enough for us. And there is freedom to be found in Jesus tonight. And I believe he's going to do that for so many of us. He's going to do it here and now. Whatever stage of that journey you're on, he is a God that is pursuing that freedom with us. And I'm going to hand over to Matt, who's going to do the deeper stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Should we just go home now? That was it, really, wasn't it? Um, thank you, Joe. Um, we're going to keep on... Um, uh, going deeper into this um, question of um, what are we being shaped by? And I actually want to ask you all now, um, this is the bit where you get to engage with this. This isn't just a thing that we stand at the front and, and do a thing that people can watch. Um, actually, our belief is that as we come to read the Bible, um, as we uh, come to study the, the Word of God, as we share, as we seek the presence of God, it's actually going to change our lives. And so I want you to really deeply, significantly think about what we're going to be looking at this evening. And I want you to look at yourself now, look at the inner, kind of, the inner you, and ask the question, how have you been shaped? How have you been formed? The whole of life, wherever we're going, wherever we're placed, it's like we're a big kind of mound of Play-Doh that gets mushed into one of those Play-Doh kind of squeezy things that you might have had as a kid that pumps out like a star-shaped thing. And our society and our culture and the place that we're in is always forming us. We're always being pushed and squeezed into something that is shaping us. So the question is, what are you being shaped by? What are you being formed by? What are you being influenced by? And for us, we're going to explore this, but our starting point um, is always uh, the Bible. And so our reading today, um, if you've got your Bible, do, do get it out. Um, and we're going to be reading from Philippians 3. Um, and um, there's a lot of wisdom here for us to get a hold of. 
there's a lot of wisdom about what does it mean for us to be citizens of heaven whilst also being citizens of the world that we're living in. There's a lot of wisdom around how do we navigate what it means to live in a world that is squeezing us, pressing us, um, forming and shaping us into the image of something, whilst also wanting to be people who follow the word of God, that follow the lead of the Spirit, the life, the love, the peace, the joy, the hope that comes in following Jesus. Uh, and so this is um, the passage we're going to start looking at. Uh, and um, Philippians, if you don't know, is a letter written by Paul. Um, and um, kind of we as human beings have tried to like, understand this and break this up. And so we've put like verses and things in it. Um, and so we are actually going to jump into the middle of Philippians 3, verse 4. Um, and it's starting with, hopefully in your Bibles, um, whatever translation you've got, if someone... So that's where we're starting from, if someone. It's like in the middle of, of verse 4. Um, the words will come on the screen if you don't have the Bible. Um, that ain't it, I don't think. Yeah. Is it? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Second line. We love it. Um, read along with me. Um, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I, that's Paul, have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And Father God, as we read your words, I pray now that by your spirit, you would be speaking life to us, that you would be challenging us, provoking us, that you, Holy Spirit, would do what you do, which is reveal Jesus to us. So as you read and study, as we engage with these words, I pray that we become more like you, Jesus. Amen. So Paul, we've just heard here, is a product of his culture. Um, Paul, we see, is maybe the um, embodiment of his culture. You see in that beginning little bit, he goes through, these are the things that me, Paul, I am. I was circumcised on the eighth day. This is big boy Paul. <laughs> Paul is like, guys, I'm about to tell you some really impressive stuff right now because I'm completing it. I was circumcised on the eighth day, exactly like it says in Jewish law. Um, I'm doing the law stuff. Not only that, I'm an Israelite. I'm a person of Israel. I'm a direct descendant of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and therefore I'm heir to the covenant of God. Not only that, guys, check out this. I'm part of the tribe of Benjamin. 
and this is a big deal. Um, the tribe of Benjamin, an exceptionally distinguished tribe. They're actually the tribe that gave Israel their first king, Saul. It was that tribe that aligned themselves and were faithful to Judah when Israel was divided into two nations. Um, it's a, a significant, such a significant tribe. That tribe had ownership of Jerusalem itself. Like Paul say, I am the guy. If you want to look at the guy, that's me. But not only that, not only am I born into this, not only is it my existence that I'm following on from, that's what Claire was talking about last week, the, the child of God. Not only is it who I've been uh, born into, the family that I'm a part of, but it's also how I'm acting. Guys, I am the Hebrew of Hebrews. In regards to the law, I'm a Pharisee. Now, not only are Israelites seen as the elites, but the Pharisees are seen as the elites of the elites. This is a massive flex from Paul of saying, I'm not just the guy, I'm the, the, the guy. Not only that, people would have known and heard that in kind of the first century, there are around 7 million um, Jewish people. Uh, Pharisees, only 6,000 of those. Guys, I'm a one percenter. Not only that, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Guys, this isn't just an intellectual thing that I'm engaging with. I'm not just engaging with um, my religion, my faith, my culture. I'm actually putting it into practice. I'm actually more extreme than you are. I'm going out of the way to find people that aren't doing what I'm doing, and I'm persecuting them. Like, do you see how serious I am about this? I am Paul who is being shaped and molded and squeezed through uh, the Play-Doh squeezer of Jewish culture at the time. And what comes out the other end, concerning the righteousness of which is the law, he sees himself as faultless. Guys, I've completed it. I've made it. Everything that culture says that you're trying to aim to be Everything that society is squeezing you through and saying, this is what it looks like to live the best life. This is how you live a life in perfect relationship with God, with people around you that see you, that aspire to be like you. I've done it. I am the guy. I've made it. But I consider it all loss. I don't just consider it all loss. I consider all that gave me to be garbage. Flip. <laughs> what is our culture forming us into? If we place ourselves in Paul's position, if we say, what is society kind of squeezing us out? What is the epitome, um, the um, end goal of society trying to shape us to be like? What would it look like for a Paul of today to be like, guys, I've made it. I'm the guy. We look around at our world and our culture and our society, and we're bombarded by information about what we're meant to look like, how we're meant to act, what beauty looks like, what it looks like to be accepted in society. 
what it looks like for us to be people that others look up to, what it looks like to be liked, to be appreciated. Every time we wake up, you're probably a little bit like me. Your alarm goes off on your phone, and you look at your phone, and you can't help but a little bit of a scroll. And you're bombarded with information of what our culture, squeezing us through that Play-Doh squeeze is trying to make us into. And we look to our phone, we get it out, and it's like Sleeping Beauty. We look at it and we say, mirror, mirror, on Facebook, tell me how I should really look. Or mirror, mirror, on Instagram, tell me who I really am like that uh, stop I've got another one and it's 4 out of 10 um, mirror mirror on TikTok tell me am I living the best life or not nah it didn't really work um, but we're being for thank you James I appreciated that one clap uh, that was kind um, I always feel very encouraged by James you're a real encourager thank you mate um, get to know James he's very nice but we're stuck in this comparison trap. We're stuck in this trap of, um, of what, we, what we need to look like, what we need to be like, what success looks like, what we should be doing with our money, how we can be making more, how we can be doing more. And I don't know about you, but it's tiring. And it's exhausting. And it feels like not only we're being squeezed through the Play-Doh squeezer of life, but we're literally being squeezed and wrung out by our culture. We're constantly being directed towards what the best life looks like. Not only is it having the house, is it being pretty, is it having straight hair, curly hair, no hair. Uh, not only is it all these things where it's the, the perfect house Picket fence, married, two kids, perfect job. Not only is it hustle, 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 but it's also find your inner peace. It's also, whoa, calm down. It's also relax. It's also look after your well-being. It's look after yourself. It's, it's have the perfect holidays. It's have the downtime. It's have the, um, the power to be flexible with all of your time whilst at the same time needing to do more than ever to do the things that life says you need to be, to be successful. Like, it doesn't work. It's chewing us up. It's screwing us up. It's messing us up. And it's exhausting. It's garbage. And I'm going to be honest... Um, this is exceptionally live for me. Um, I am a, a product of our culture. Um, I am someone that, um, actually, God's been incredibly kind to me. And he's pointed on some really deep-rooted things in me where, under the guise of, oh, Matt, you're a people-pleaser, he said, why is that your identity, people pleaser? 
I go, oh, God, it's because I want to be liked. I want to be appreciated. I care what people think about me. Um, actually, if I'm totally honest, my identity has been shaped more by people around me, by what they say, how I interact and respond to them, by what I can do to please people, to make people happy, which isn't a bad thing, is it? But, but that's my identity. And, and that's something um, that I care about deeply. Even now, I'm wanting you to like me. I, I, want, to, I want you to, to be my friend. I, if I'm honest, I would say anything to you, whether it was true or not. If, it, if I thought I could make a connection, because I crave it. I long for it. It is me. <laughs> it is who I am, who society has molded and what I've said yes to is I will do anything. I'll do anything for you because I want to be loved because I want to be accepted. And I've built that up into being, this is who I am. This is me. This is everything. is being liked by people, being elevated, being seen as, as successful. I crave success. I genuinely crave success. I want to be seen as doing really well. I don't want anyone to know that I'm weak or that I've failed. And even now, it's, it's, like, it's jarring me that I'm saying this in front of you. Um, because this is the real me, is I'm, I'm a mess, and I'm broken, and I'm not doing well. And it sounds sad, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but I genuinely believe it's a really lovely thing that God is doing. Because he's saying, um, so he's saying, So he's saying that it doesn't matter, Matt. It's rubbish. It's actually garbage. Um, that's not what's important. Why are you craving that, Matt? Why, does, why do you value that over me, Matt? Why are you looking for your love in that place, Matt? Why are you looking for your acceptance in that place, Matt? Why would you do anything for other people? Well, I don't want that from you, Matt. I just want to love you. I just want to know you. Matt, that's nothing. What are you doing? God's so kind. They do that to little old me. Um, sorry. <clears throat> do you feel the crushing of, of culture? Do you feel empty or bypassed or invisible or hard done by or Exhausted or empty? How do you feel now? Because if you're looking for your identity in being a citizen in the world, 
you're not going to find it. I'm there now. I'm being picked apart. (laughs) I'm being dissected. Because I've not found it. In those things that I'm told I should find fulfillment in friends, in other people, in um, being seen as doing well. And it isn't it. It's just not it. My prayer my heart is that you'll discover that too. My prayer my heart is that God would also do a kind thing as he's kindly doing to me, to, to all of us here. Flip. I don't like crying either, so sorry. <laughs> Guys, we, that's how we're being shaped in culture. Here's the reality. Here's the other side of it. Here's the other side of the coin. is that if we choose to not be defined by other people's voices and opinions, but if we choose to be defined by the words of Jesus, we will find life and life to the full. I need to, we need to stop hearing the voices so much of the people around us, your boss, your family, your work colleagues, and you need to hear the words of God. In here is life. In here you'll find your identity. In here you'll find meaning that our world and our society, um, that being a citizen of Bristol will not um, satisfy you. But being known by a loving father, of hearing the words that are spoken in this Bible, of hearing the words of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, will change your life forever. We need to hear more of the words of God than the words of people. And Paul is very kind, if we continue reading in um, Philippians, because he gets it. Let's jump into verse 13. I'm coming into a a close now, because I'd like us to be able to respond. And Here's verse 13. Um, And we'll read through a little chunk here. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Wow. Paul, big man. I haven't got it yet. I'm still trying to grasp it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards. In Christ Jesus. Wow. Guys, what do we have to do? We have to work towards our goal, which is Christ Jesus. Let's jump again. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. What is it that we have attained? Our citizenship in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Guys, I want to encourage us. Our culture is killing us. Being a citizen of Bristol, 
a citizen of the world, is crushing us. But we, when we follow Jesus, when we come to him, we're born again in him. We're born again into a new citizenship. We are dual citizens. Yes, here in the world. We're not kind of pursuing some other worldliness. We need to be here in the world. But at the same time, our primary place of residence is as a citizen of heaven. We have an option now. An opportunity, an invitation for all of us. What's shaping you? What's forming you? Are you being shaped and formed by the ways of the world? Or are you being shaped and formed by the ways of God? Let me tell you, from experience similar to Joe, ways of the world, I'm stuffed. The ways of God, I am changed forever. That's an invitation for every single one of us, wherever you are now. You have an invitation now to not only here in this moment say, I want to be an active part of the citizen of heaven. I've tried to pursue success, career, a fullness of life, uh, life to the full in the world, and it hasn't worked out. Maybe you feel tired, crushed. Um, you feel squeezed, empty. The invitation for you now is that you can come to Jesus and you can hear words of life that build you up. But it's an invitation. <laughs> and the invitation doesn't just stop now in a moment here at church. It actually is a, the response is, is here and now, but it's also there and then is that this is a day by day when the alarm bells go up of, oh my goodness, I feel crushed. I feel like um, culture and society is squeezing me more than I'm able to squeeze it. Where do we turn to? The there and then responses. Know what God thinks about you. Get the word of God memorized in your brain so you can bring it um, to the front and go, no, it's not like this. There is peace, there is joy, there is hope, there is love in Jesus. It doesn't need to be like this. We need to, day by day by day, be reading our Bible, be receiving the word of God, be seeking his presence, worshiping him, receiving the Holy Spirit. God, I can't do this by myself. I need you. That's a daily activity, a daily battle, because society isn't going to stop. Our culture's not going to stop. But what are we going to do about it? So we're going to go back into some worship now. Um, and I wonder if, um, if you do want to respond as we worship. I'm not 100% sure what that's going to look like. But can I tell you where it started for me? For me, it started on, I, I, I went to my knees. I was like, God, I've looked in all the wrong places. I'm so sorry. 
I've looked for my sense of worth, identity, my, my sense of um, who I am in all the wrong places. And God, I'm sorry. Help me. I need you. And I wonder if maybe that's part of the response this evening. If you feel that crushing and that um, the pressure of society and culture on your life, maybe the response is, is get on your knees. God, I need you. I feel the pressure. I need you. Maybe the weight is so heavy that you just need to share something with someone else and say, actually, this is some of the stuff that's going on. It feels like a battle and I can't win. I need backup. Uh, And we'd love to be able to pray for you. I genuinely believe that this will change your life. This is Paul's story. Changed his life. He got to the end. He completed it. He says, rubbish compared to Jesus. Cut out the middleman. Don't get to the end to find it's rubbish. Come now. <laughs> I come and get some prayer at the front. We'll have a team of people that are up here. But this is a space for you to be able to, between you and Jesus, it's not between you and anyone else around you. <laughs> Even in church, we create culture that makes us want to look or seem like we've either got it together or, oh, no, I'm already doing all the Jesus stuff already. So, yeah, cool. Cheers. See you later. We're as bad as the rest of the world, let me tell you. <laughs> I feel the pressure to be a good Christian. Like this is between you and God now. I don't know why I pointed at me. I'm not God. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry, God. I also have a um, saviour complex as well. So that's a, that's a genuine thing. People pleaser. Um, it's between you and God. It's between you and God. Don't worry about what everyone else is thinking or saying or doing. It's between you and God. How do you want to respond in front of God now? Freedom is yours. Father God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have come to save us. Thank you that you are perfect love, and in you we can be perfectly saved. We welcome your presence here. Help us, humble us to be able to respond well to you. Shape us, Jesus. We need you, Holy Spirit. Amen.